0: The Holy Gospel of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there. While the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things and parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of the soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold; in another, 60, and in another, 30. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. When I read Bible, sometimes I truly wonder, is there anything that the Bible doesn't cover when it connects something pertaining to humanity? We are into sixth Sunday after Pentecost, And in this Ordinary Sundays, we've been reflecting how Jesus is connecting us with ordinary things in life. We spoke about the water, about the welcome. Last Sunday, it was the yoke and the rest, which is so ordinary and essential for human beings. And today, we get into a new shift. It is about the parable of a sower. When I say parable in Matthew's gospel, multiple times parable has been used, but this is the first time the word parable is used in chapter 13. In chapter 13 alone, you have seven parables. In coming weeks, we may have to meditate on more parables. So I want to brief a bit give a definition what a parable is so we understand what a parable is when we listen to other parables even from this parable parable is a riddle it is a illustrative story it can be a proverb it is an analogy it has wide variety of meanings by nature. But it illustrates one common meaning, which is a parable cannot be understood on a surface level. For you to understand a parable, you have to get into the substance. You have to dig deep the root. once, If you listen to a parable of the sower, it is not easy to understand because it demands the perception and thought of the hearer, to benefit him, to benefit his listening, to understand. So if we get this right, I think we can go into the story of the sower. This is not new to us, the parable of the sower, but the question we have to ask is, why did Jesus tell this story to the Matthewan community? Why? He comes out of this office house, He sits on a boat, makes a makeshift altar and he's and he's beginning to teach this parable to the people who have gathered there. Jesus made it essential to teach this parable to the Matthew community because in Matthew community, The missionaries, the disciples, are facing a backlash in the intra-religious conflict. They're looking for some kind of theological perspective to frame their failures and disappointments. They're facing rejection. The theme of rejection runs throughout Matthew's Gospel, So they wanted to frame this failure and disappointment, how to handle with this. So Jesus comes out with this amazing parable of the sower. I wanted to look this parable into three distinctive ways because this parable has three distinctive actions. First, we can see it as farming. It is also a metaphor to disciple. So let us focus a bit on sowing. So the sower is sowing the seeds. And we have seen in the scripture that he went and sowed and some fell on the path, some fell on the rocky ground, some fell on the thorny patch, and some fell on the good top soil. The seed has this forces of life and transformation, the seed in itself can capture, can encapsulate the potential, the potential in which it unfolds not only in the present situation or in the present soil, but it can also unfold relationally in the future when it connects to the right soil when that interaction happens. So when the sower sows the seed, it goes everywhere. It reaches everywhere. Thomas Long says, don't worry where the seed goes. Sometimes you do not know it goes to the places which you do not see ends up in many ways which you do not know but what we have to be doing is to keep on spreading to keep on sowing the seed of kingdom of god of compassion of justice of peace and love as i said the seed has that enormous potential at the same time the word of god when we So it has that insights of those kingdom values in it. So don't worry. It goes everywhere, but where it is going to give the result, it is not in our hands. So when the Matthewan community is looking for some kind of answer or perspective, I think this story has certainly encouraged them. The hard truth is failure is part of ministry. If the church is not failing then it is not risking enough. Henry David a famous theologian says you convince me that you have a seed in your hand and I'm prepared to expect wonders happening. So the word of God is a seed that God has given to us. We have to keep spreading and you never know how that miracle, how that wonder is going to happen. The sowing, as I said, as a farming is discipleship and the sowing, the seed the farmers does, and the disciples and we as believers, we have to continue to sow the seed in this world. Secondly, it is about the growing so first part we have seen seen the sowing, the preparation part, and now we are getting into the growing part, that is the planning. Any farmer, after sowing the seed, he has to prepare, he has to plan. He will map out the land, determine which soil, how to take care, give protection, and he's more concerned about the environment. So all this a farmer has to do. But interestingly, what happens is, in spite of all this orderly approach, still things happen out of control because of bad weather conditions, because of the weeds or birds. In any way, the crop may get destroyed. I go to get groceries to a farmer's market when I go there, sometimes I get confused with the tomatoes because, you know, all tomatoes are red, plum, juicy. So when I debate like which one to buy, when I ask them, they said, for what purpose you want? Then I tell them to make Indian curry. Then they said, OK, you have to go for the Amish tomatoes, and it is good. So I wonder how, you know, they they know everything and any, not just, I'm just giving an example of the tomatoes here, but any fruit, any vegetable you ask, it's like expertise, knowledge they have on that. But with that kind of systematic planning, still things happen out of their control. Discipleship is something that you orderly plan, you plant, you sow the word of God, but still things go out of control, which means you face rejection, you face hatred, you face opposition. So a lot of animosity, things happen, things happen, but failure is part of discipleship ministry. Discipleship is no stranger to risk and failure. So growth is not in our hands. As Paul in Corinthians says, I plant, but Apollos water, but the growth only Lord can give. So it is not in our hands, but we do our part. We plan, we prepare, and then we do the part. And thirdly, it is about the holy listening, the holy listening. If you see this parable, Jesus At the beginning of the parable, he says, listen. And when he finishes the parable, he says, listen. It is an ancient command of Lord asking the Israelites, asking his people to listen. Sometimes the question we have to ask to ourselves is we are not even listening to the voice of God that is calling us in this chaotic world. Holy listening is essential. When the farmer plans and when he prepares, does the planning, everything, he waits for the crop, he waits for the yield. He's not in no hurry or rush. I say holy listening because when we do things, we want immediately everything to happen. We don't have that, um, that strength or that patience to wait and to lean on to wait upon God. The word for listening in Latin is sardus, which means unattentive or dull. So this kind of listening will sometimes put us off and we can never, never be active in this farming or the ministry of discipleship. I was listening to an illustration where one evangelist, he does all these miracles, so he was doing the stunt of healing everything. So while he was doing that, one guy from the congregation was screaming, Hearing, hearing. So this guy immediately went and grabbed that guy and put his fingers inside his ears and started praying there. Then this guy asked, What are you doing? He said, I'm praying that you'll be able to hear properly. He said, no, I'm asking you to pray because I have hearing in the court on Monday. So sometimes we want to listen what we want to listen. We are not prepared to listen what the word of God is saying to us. I marvel at these farmers because the resilience and the hope they have. They would have had a very bad yield or the crops would have destroyed, but still they planned to sow in the spring. Still they wanted to continue with that. They never, never, ever give up. The heart of farmers' optimism is the experience of the bounty. So as disciples, as children, as believers of God, we have to believe in the extravagant love and bounty and beauty of our God in our lives. The holy listening means that we do and God takes care of it. When we plant, in the farmer plants, even we plant the word of God in this world with a clear vision, with a clear vision that the world is going to fail us, world is going to question us, but still with the willingness to fail, with the willingness that we will be resilient, with that hope, we continue to plant the seed of God in this world, with knowing that the grace of God will give the fruit in its due time. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.